Welcome to Lead Today with me, Kalina. Let's talk leadership. Hello and welcome back to the show. We continue along with one of my favorite topics, travel. This series has taken a lot of unexpected turns in terms of the stories, focus, philosophical nature. I hadn't really anticipated, but hey, here we are. And I think today is probably no different because we're talking Italy. And I mean, where else can you philosophize about life if not Italy and Greece, perhaps? Um, and and I think, well, all right, what do I think? Let's dive right in. First of all, actually, lately in, in completely other news, I've been kind of excited by this like one euro house situation. It kind of was more the rage, if you will, um, a few years ago, but in preparation for this episode, and it just kind of came to the surface again for me, this, well, there's this program where a bunch of different municipalities around Italy and some other countries do it as well. Japan, um, Croatia had an obscure village doing it. Uh, Switzerland has a few. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, there are these programs with one euro or $1 homes and how fascinating. I mean, of course it's a home that needs renovations, definitely some love and attention, but what a beautiful way to breathe, breathe life into a place that has a storied history. Again, I, you know, as I do this series, it's weird to me because I definitely did not think, Oh, I'm going to be so excited about the history of a place, but I, I am, I am because you know, there's just no question that I, I'm sure you can relate like anywhere that you've lived in your life, even if it's just in the same city, but in different houses or in different areas, let's say when you went to university or if you've moved out or where you live now, as you grow your family, where, whatever stage you're at in your life, there's sort of different epochs almost or phases, seasons, depending on where you're living. There's a true heartbeat of a place or a feeling of a vibe, however you want to phrase it. And I think that that matters. People just, you know, kind of take for granted where they live or where they grew up. This is where I live. This is where I'm going to live. My family's here. I think, I mean, we all have choices. My grandparents moved to Canada from Croatia because of war, because of opportunity many years ago in the seventies. And, you know, that was a choice to create a, a new and different season in their lives and what a different season it was I mean no no way about it Croatia is obviously very different from living in the GTA in Canada so anyhow it, it's just interesting to me that these places are I think in a very wise move trying to revive and bring life back to places that have historically been great communities places to live enchanting on hills stunning vistas and that's really i guess most of europe is just it feels like this magical fairy tale when you're there as a tourist i think it's easy to lose that enchantment if you live somewhere day to day but hopefully and this is one thing that travel has absolutely taught me that i can't say enough you know hopefully you can bring that same excitement reverence beginner's mind to anywhere that you live i'm finding now you know when i go um you know, if I'm here, if I'm in the U.S., 
if I'm in Europe, wherever I am, I'm trying to really look at places, even places that I've been many, many times. I'm trying to look at it with this beginner's mind. And I mentioned it in my book, memorable. Um, I mentioned it there, you know, childlike wonder and beginner's mind and how we should retain or regain a sense of that. And I mean, what other self-help book doesn't say something of that variety? So not to coin it in any way, I don't think it's my idea, but I do think it's a worthwhile one to remember. I am doing what I can to remember that daily because it's so easy to forget and feel just like, oh, I know the drive to this place. I know what this looks like. I know where I go for groceries, where I go to get my hair done, where my dentist is. I know where those things are. Why should I think about it? I mean, our brains do that as a mental heuristic or shortcut for a reason, right? It makes life a lot easier when you don't have to think about which way to drive home or where to grab your groceries or where going out to to eat your fa- at your favorite restaurant, right? But I think it engages a part of our brains and hearts that is really worthwhile. So not that I have to convince you about travel. I mean, you're listening to this because you are interested in travel or enjoy travel yourself. So, you know, I think it's just a reminder, a good reminder to look around whether you're traveling right now or not and say, what's beautiful about this particular place I'm in today, this season I'm in. There's a reason I'm in this season. There's a reason I'm in this place. How do I make the most of it? How do I look around and and honor it? Because nothing stays the same, you know, whether it's in seasons or a home you live in. I mean, you do renovations or you change where your bed is or you you move things around or you add a painting. Things are always changing in little ways or in big ways. And well, I, I think we should just pay attention to the little things because the little things somehow are the big things or add up to the big things or something like that. So anyway, if you want a one euro house, uh, check out Italy. Fascinating. Um, obviously some restrictions to that project, again, renovations, you might have to live there or change your residence for a certain amount of time. Every municipality is a different way. There's some websites. It's not so easy to kind of look and just, it's not like you can look on one site and find all the listings. I sort of wish that existed. Um, but there are sites that list all the cities or municipalities that are on there, little towns. Uh, usually they have about 2000 people living there, give or take. And so they're trying to revitalize, um, some on Sardinia and Sicily, so Sicily's biggest island, followed by Sardinia. Um, so if you want island life, um, there's stuff in Cosenza, around Naples. Uh, I think a little bit, yeah, Taranto in the south as well. And then and if you look at the map, it kind of goes all along up the coast. There's some close to Nice um, on the French border there, sort of west of Genoa. And then... Um, also close to one or two close to Milan and the, the Swiss border. So you've got your pick and Hey, what a beautiful place to be in terms of being a tourist. I mean, the first time I went, um, Vanessa would probably, my friend would probably say, you forced us to go to these towns. We'd already been to, we wanted to go to the South. It's true. I had never been to Italy before. I went in my early twenties. It was this big Euro trip. We took, we went to Amsterdam. We were in Paris. Um, we went to Italy, we were in Croatia, Greece. We just had a time. It was one of those quintessential girls trip to Italy after graduation. Very, very grateful and lucky to have had that opportunity. A lot of people don't. So to go the summer after graduation, have a trip with 
some of the closest of friends was just something that we, I think we'll all remember for a lifetime. And so that this first trip I took to Italy was with them. And like I said, we did sort of the big spot. So we went to Rome where you can see the Vatican, lots of museums, eat all the pizza, uh, they're shopping. Although um, if you're going to go to Rome, I mean, it all depends on how much time you have, right? But Rome is kind of one of those places where you just sort of have to go and most people fly into anyway. So it's certainly worthwhile. As I said, lots of pizza. Most of the cities kind of have these rings of roads around them. And so you kind of stick within that ring. Again, depending on what you're looking for, there is a natural reserve northeast of, or kind of north, a little bit east of Rome that you can check out. Of course, the sea is there, so you can head down the highway. Um, the airport is actually by the ocean, um, but you can head that way and, and be, of course, on the coast and by the water. But Rome is kind of just one of those spots you have to go. Um, we also went to Florence and um, we didn't go to Pisa, but we did go to Siena. Yeah, we went to Siena. Yes, we did. Um, that was beautiful. And Florence, of course, is one of these like romantic sort of towns, just beautiful architecture. Although I suppose that's Italy in a nutshell, isn't it? It's just beautiful architecture. So if you if you appreciate Italian architecture and food, I really think you can't go wrong, but you will notice some differences. The north of Italy, you know, Como, I so down the road. Well, okay, let's stick with trip at a time. It's so easy for me to go <laughs> in all these directions. But so we kind of did central Italy. It was stunning. It's one of those kind of touristy things to do. You can do a lot of tours. Nothing wrong with it. Rome is a must-see if you're going to be in Italy for sure. Um, but if you want to go off the beaten path a little bit, if you will. Oh, we went to Venice as well. That was not a fun story. We actually, <laughs> Venice has a lot of canals, if you haven't heard, and it's also uh, right on the water. It's stunning. It's kind of one of those really picturesque spots of Italy that you've probably seen photos of if you've seen photos of Italy. Um, but we stayed in a place because there are all these canals, there's a lot of humidity, especially in the summer. And we stayed in a spot that had a cockroach in our bedroom. And so we were just terrified um, of this one cockroach and decided, okay, we're not sleeping. We're going out. We, we can't sleep in this room. It was already too late for us to go and find somewhere else. So we just, all right, we're going out for a night on the town. And probably one of the most memorable nights of the trip, although there were many, um, but just hilarious. And we met people literally in the streets. There's so many little, little streets, shops, of course, food. Again, you've got um, museums, if that's what you're into. And really like Venice is just this island. You've got um, the San Marco Square, Basilica di Santa Maria della Salute. You have um, another church, Pietra di Castello. You have a bunch of, oh, there's actually another one, um, Chiesa del Santissimo. Redentore, Redentore. I feel like I, I channel my inner Vanessa and or. So in first year university at University of Toronto, I decided, I mean, I've always been fascinated by Italian culture. So you could have me talking for years on my obsession with Italy and notably it's pasta. Although 
pasta. That was one of the, so first year university in at U of T and we get an elective and I've always loved languages. And so here's my chance, you know, in high school, I took French, Spanish, and Italian. Here's, sorry, Latin. Here's my opportunity. So I take an elective course in Italian at St. Michael's College at U of T. And I just remember my press, professor coming in and, okay, it's pasta, everybody, pasta. And she was so so careful about her pronunciation but of course you should be i mean especially italian is such a sing-song stunning language one of the romance languages of course like french like spanish portuguese and um of course my my love affair with these languages continued when i was in brazil and became fluent in portuguese another very sing-song language at least brazilian portuguese it is notably different from well, the Portuguese in Portugal, but nevertheless, oh, the way just listening to Italian, it feels like any conversation could be a song <laughs> or an opera. Um, sometimes, albeit a really passionate one, if you've got two really uh, frustrated Italians speaking to each other. But no matter what, it's just so sing-song and gorgeous. Um, I think it's probably there's no rival other than maybe that maybe Portuguese so if you're anywhere in Italy you're just in for a treat if you sit at a cafe which most people do grab an espresso or anything else and um although they'll look at you very funny if you order an Americano I learned that the hard way you <laughs> expose yourself as a North American if you order an Americano shocking um they really don't take fondly to that why would you water down espresso they don't like it but order whatever you want <laughs> and uh, enjoy just kind of people moving about. I think in the Piazza San Marco, you know, there they have a, the Palazzo Ducale. I think there you could really just sit at a cafe. Um, there's Cafe Florian, which is one. It's an 18th century coffee house, which is so beautiful. So, but go wherever you want um, and just sit, you know, and another thing, even if you're not that religious, the churches, of course, are just stunning. And a lot of people will go, you know, snap a couple photos. They don't really think too much about it. It's just, oh, this is a landmark. A lot of people do it in Milan. There's a big church in the center of Milan that people will go, a basilica, and they'll just take a photo. You can do that. My invitation to you would be if you're going to go to these places and see these churches and you know, the decorations are so ornate. There's gold. The artistry is just out of this world. But if you're going to do it, I mean, take the five, 10 minutes while you're in the Uber or on the train or however it is you're getting there, walking there, and just listen to the history. Because I think if you hear even just when it was constructed, what was what were the times when this place was constructed and who built it? Why they build it? Is it dedicated to someone what saint, why, what's this saint about? It doesn't mean you have to be religious. I think it's just, it'll give you this layer that when you walk in, you know the context. And I try to do that now. I never used to care at all. This first trip, like I didn't understand. I didn't, there was, it sounded silly. Even saying it out loud, I'm like, oh man, I really feel like it shows my age or something. Like what? You need to know the history? I mean, you don't, right? You can walk into a holy place of any kind and just be just taken aback by the physical beauty in and of itself without any context. And so nothing wrong with that. And I've had that experience many times in different churches, but if you want to take it a step further and really feel and understand the heart of a place, I think it'll give you a leg up. So anyway, if you want to head to Venice, 
Um, I've done that drive of, uh, what did I do? I drove from Zurich, well, St. Gallen. So um, the German speaking part of Switzerland down through, you go through the Alps, um, past Lucerne, you go through the Alps into Bellinzona, Lugano, which is Ticino, the, the Italian speaking part of Switzerland. And then you go into Como and man, can I just say, a lot of people go there for their honeymoon. It's a stunning, stunning place. But again, it's hard to pick, which <laughs> it's all kind of stunning. But if you want to do a bit of Switzerland too, um, or if you're taking the train or something uh, and you have the opportunity, if you're in Milan, I would go, even if you're in Milan, give yourself a day or two, go up to Como, you know, um, it's just such a beautiful lake, houses stacked up on the hills, stunning. And you can rent a boat and have a boat ride in one of those like wooden sort of you'll feel like James Bond or something. It's like our celebrity. It's just, there's a reason George Clooney had a house there. It's kind of, it just feels like refined Italian from some sort of magazine, you know? Um, Milan, of course, epicenter of fashion. So you've got all kinds of shopping if you want to go there. It's definitely a hustle and bustle kind of place, you know? And so it means business. It's busy. Um, there is a Chinatown if you want to go there for some reason, but you've got a castle. So Castello Sforzesco. Ooh, I don't know if I said that right, but there's a castle, which is really interesting in these beautiful, like a big park um, and an arc. And it's like these, you can, it's just, it's kind of really stunning. Um, so if you want to see that castle, it's worthwhile. There's a Duomo di Milano. That's the one I was telling you, the kind of church that everybody goes to. So Duomo um, probably one of those big spots. And then you've got a couple of other churches and a theater. Uh, so, you know, if you like that kind of thing and you want to be in the city, Milan's probably for you. Make sure you're ready to shop and buy at least, you know, one pair of shoes or one bag just to, well, just to say you did and also have that experience. There's a good shopping. Oh, what's that shopping mall? There's a good well mall. It's a shopping area or center. Hmm. I want to find the name for you. Um, oh, Galeria Vittorio Emanuele II. Okay, it's so it's from the 1800s. It's this walking mall, definitely a sight to see. So highly recommend it. It's in the city, in the city center. Um, do that. Galeria Vittorio. Yes, must see. So that's Milan. It means business. Go up to Como and have your lake experience if you want to go to genoa be prepared for some great seafood it's really much it's, it's really much it's really a port town so it feels you know it feels kind of more industrial a little bit but yeah i would say but stunning views you've got boats that'll take you through the ligurian sea you could go to um you could go to either i mean if you want to go down to sardinia you can on a boat um yeah i would say definitely though worthwhile if you want to get some good good pesto <laughs> that is that region's what, it, what it's known for and then if you go down to la spezia so you're in genoa and you go down along the coast um that's where you've got um cinque terre so these five little towns very colorful colorful um homes so it's uh, Monterosso al Mare. I 
think Rio Maggiore is a part of it. Manarola, Vernazza, Cornelia. Ooh, yeah. Monteroso al Mare, Vernazza, Cornelia, Volastra, Manarola, Rio Maggiore. Maybe one of those. That's six. So one of those is not involved. But, and then you can go into La Spezia. But I would definitely recommend I avoided this. I thought, oh, no, we can just drive. No, don't drive. Take the train. I avoid trains. I really prefer driving um, if I can because I love to see just hidden spots along the way. But for Cinque Terre, there's just it's, just do it like park in La Spezia and get on and, and do the tra- do those different towns. I will say if you're going in the peak of the season, it's super busy and you kind of, they all start looking a bit the same. Like you might feel, you know, don't rush it. Like I've seen even YouTube videos, they try to do all of them in one day. I mean, you can, and you will kind of get the gist of it. But I think the magic of going to Cinque Terre is even if you pick one and get a place at a nice restaurant with a view, eat something good in the afternoon, avoid the heat, have, you know, a drink or a good meal and just look out into the sea and you got to get a sense. So you might want a few days. Um, cause we tried to do it in like a day and just get to all five and it was just too, too fast, too much. And I sort of felt like could have been done, could have been done better. Um, but a stunning, stunning region, no question about it. Um, and then you could go make your way down to Pisa from there into Florence, if you like, and then head down, down, down to Rome, south, if you keep going, Naples. So on the trip, I really, really, really wanted to go to the south. <laughs> I really wanted to go to Naples. This is not, by the way, so maybe I should separate it. One trip was with the girls. We were in Florence, Rome, um, Siena, and, um, Venice and then we went on to Croatia so that was that one trip and so gave you a couple bits there but then this is another trip where we actually drove down from Switzerland stayed in Como no went to Como stayed at another lake hmm what lake was it there are a lot of lakes in that region it's a really good question I can't remember but it was something in the north it was in the north of Italy for sure um, but then Fab and I went further down. And so we went to, as I said, Genoa, all the way down. Did we stop in Cinque Terre and the way down or the way up? Hmm. Well, I think we went all the way down because I wanted to, we went to Naples for sure. Um, and that's just where you're going to get great pizza. There's Pompeii, history to the max. We stayed actually in Castella Mare Gistabia. Just a small town right beside Pompeii on the water. It really felt like an authentic town. You know, people are doing a stroll at night with the whole, everybody, families out on the promenade doing their stroll, people out for dinner, but just it were local families, you know, it didn't feel like a tourist hotspot. You just had regular families, everybody kind of coming out into the streets and, and doing their evening stroll. So that was such a beautiful thing to see and felt extremely authentic. Um, on the opposite side, so you've got Pompeii on the opposite side, well, or you can drive down. So it's SS 145, this road, you can drive down, you continue, and then you will hit after Castellamare di Stabia, keep going, you'll hit Sorrento. And so that's Amalfi or the start of Amalfi. Everybody talks about the Amalfi coast. Yes. It's stunning. Yes. (laughs) Right. 
Um, for me, I want to say Positano was actually my favorite, which might sound controversial, um, but it was. Sorrento kind of felt absolutely stunning. So it's kind of up on a hill. You look down, you can walk down a bunch of steps to get to the sea, beautiful swimming conditions. Um, it's on the Northern side of this little, I don't know what you'd call it. It's this little piece of land that juts out. That's kind of Amalfi. Um, but it's on the North side. If you continue along this highway, the South side is where you have Positano and Positano. There was a road and we just kept winding and there was shop after shop after shop all the way down to the water and it was just it had this really cool like lots of little shops Sorrento was a bit more built up and flat but then overlooking a beautiful vista um again of course all of them have great restaurants all of them have great beaches you really can't go wrong um you'll have great food you'll have beautiful views so you can't mess that up but if you want something a little bit different Positano just had this magic that for me called my attention a little bit more than Sorrento did, where again, this street kind of winds all the way down to the sea. You have the Positano, Spiaggia, the beach, um, right at the bottom there. But this one road just kind of winds down and hotel after hotel, little shop, little shop. It just felt, it reminded me, it was actually reminiscent of Greece, of the, of the islands there, because you'll kind of wind down, although different, right? Not like the white and blue buildings. It was kind of some colors, but kind of more just built into the rock almost as you drove down. So special place in my heart for sure. You keep going. You've got Priano. Um, you get to Amalfi. Amalfi was cool as well. Uh, obviously worthwhile if you're in the region to do all of these and check them out for yourself. Um, and then if you keep going, there's Ravello and that's up a hill and so that's got another stunning view Amalfi's like on the coast so either way again I mean I feel like you can't mess it up but Amalfi felt Amalfi proper it, it was nice there was a nice church there's some good restaurants you kind of walk around felt super touristy to me I guess but but all of them did even Positano so very touristy super developed it depends what kind of trip you're trying to have if you want to stay in a five-star place, spend some money, be in one of these major tourist hotspots. Great. Totally idyllic trip. No questions asked. If you want to go off the beaten path and you've got a car, I would just be driving. You can drive from Amalfi all the way around the coast and then get to Sorrento and just, well, Amalfi, Positano, Sorrento and just see the little towns off the beaten path. So that's my recommendation or get a scooter, although lots of hills, um, but that's a stunning drive along the coast. So that's what I have to say about that. If you were to keep going east, um, you would hit Salerno, another nice town up to you if you want to head that far or not. And then you could loop back up um, using the highway from Salerno or from that area up to Pompeii again. So depending on whether you're driving, not to be missed, of course, is Capri. And um, we rented a little boat there that we drove ourselves. Choppy waters, I will say, a little bit choppy for the size boat we had, but super fun to to go around the island. And there's a cable car that'll take you up um, a nice church up at the top there. So if you, you know, it'll be hot in the summer, so prepare for that. But 
got some nice hotels if you want to stick around there for a few days and definitely just a tourist hot spot in the summer so if you're wanting an island you're in Sorrento you want to do a day trip or you want to stay on an island you definitely have a lot of hotels but certainly if you're up for a day trip and you're in Amalfi um, Capri is not to be missed so that's as far south as I've gotten I, I haven't been to Sicily just yet so can't report back on that I definitely would love to to see the the boot bottom of the boot um but what a drive no questions asked just a stunning drive up that coast then oh yeah then we drove up then we went to La Spezia and into Cinque Terre Genoa again um perhaps for another episode though if you were there and you had more time you could just keep driving from Genoa go west continue out of Italy and into the south of France so Nice Cannes uh, Marseille Montpellier you could go that way and another stunning trip um Nice and Cannes of course you're gonna have lots of tourists oh and of course before Nice is Monaco so if you wanted to check out Monaco that's a trip lots of yachts little little it's it's very small right it's only a couple kilometers I think um along the coast but really cool to see the casino there not sure I'd stay a bunch of days there's kind of not much to do other than that main casino and hotel unless you're willing to go and drop thousands of dollars to go shopping then it's definitely an interesting spot <laughs> nice has its charm um and Tib is sort of interesting and that's just in between nice and ken although this is about italy so <laughs> oh you know but you know what else i love so central pay is also nice if you continue along the coast so depends how much time you have and what you're doing but i would say to drive my my opinion only i mean there's probably more but i would go from genoa across to nice like see Monaco, go to Nice, go down, see Antibes, Can, keep going. You could see um, Marseille and then you could continue along to Montpellier and fly wherever you're, or drive to Toulouse or depends what you want to, I don't know what, you, I don't know how long your itinerary is or what you're doing, but that would be my um, idea. So if you have time, that's a worthwhile trip, but it's certainly, that's a road trip and a half. So Depends what kind of itinerary you want to have, but I have just loved the time I spent in Europe where, you know, having a car, go do a road trip, take a week, go to the south of France, take another week, go to Cinque Terre, go down the coast, take another week. So, of course, that's the magic of Europe, isn't it, is you can drive and be in a number of absolutely stunning places all at once. So, Please don't miss the pizza, pasta, and gelato. I took it incredibly seriously. I had a journal. Everywhere we went, I rated the gelato and I rated the pizza or well, or pasta. I'm more of a pasta lover, although a good pizza will get you far with me. I, we took, no, I took, I took a pizza making and a gelato making class, of course, while I was there with the girls. And I've got to say, I am now a bit of a gelato aficionado. <laughs> uh, one tip I could give you is probably you want actually gelato that's covered. So with those metal covers, because that indicates that they're chilling different types of gelato at different temperatures. And so if it's a fruit-based gelato or a sorbet, it needs a different temperature from the milk um, or cream-based uh, with more hearty flavors like nocciola, hazelnut, or pistachio, pistachio. Um, those are going to be a different temperature to keep them, well, tasting delicious. So that's a, a key tip for anytime you're getting gelato. Look for a place that actually has metal covers on all of their flavors and chills them appropriately. You'll have a completely different experience because that's the true 
true gelato experience. So I wish you so much fun. If you're going anywhere in Italy, I'm certain it'll be a blast. Eat all the focaccia, pizza, pasta, gelato uh, for both of us. And I'll see you in the next episode. Maybe we're heading to, where are we heading? Maybe Thailand, maybe Indonesia. But uh, I'll see you next time. And please do take very good care. Until then. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to this episode today. It really helps the show when you like, review, subscribe, or donate to support the effort to continue producing amazing episodes just like this one. I look forward to seeing you again in another episode very soon, and take good care until then.